Be Wealthy and Smart, Episode 222. into a world of wealth and financial freedom without budgets, boredom, or bosses on Be Wealthy and Smart. And now, here's your host, Linda P. Jones. Welcome to Be Wealthy and Smart. I'm Linda P. Jones, America's Wealth Mentor, empowering women and men worldwide to financial freedom. On this episode, we're going to explore the Trump economy. A lot of people have talked about Trump getting the economy growing at 5%, including Trump himself saying he's going to get the economy growing at 5%. Well, that might be a worthwhile goal, but is it so easy? Well, I think it's going to be a difficult challenge. First of all, right now we have the weakest gross domestic product that we've had since 2011. We went from 3.5% growth in the third quarter to 1.9% growth in the fourth quarter. So dramatic slowdown. I think the right before the election, there was a nice boost there that was getting that rate up to a full 3.5%, which was much higher than it had been trending before. So we had this big boost that happened right before the election. As usual, the politicians get the economy stoked and going, and so does the Federal Reserve. Everybody pitches in. Somehow, the economy miraculously does very, very well right during an election. So we now have had this slowdown from 3.5% growth to 1.9% growth. So are we in a slowing trend now? Are we going to have dramatically slower growth from here? Well, we'll have to watch that, but let's look at some other signs of what's going on in the economy. We just had lower earnings reported by companies such as Chevron and many other energy companies who make up an index in the S&P, Google, Colgate Palmolive, and Starbucks. So they all either had less than expected earnings, or they came out and said their earnings are going to be lower in the future. So already we're seeing some major corporations not having the sales. Now also, these are all multinational companies. And what they have in common, among other things, is that if they're selling things overseas and the dollar is strong, that is usually a negative for multinational corporations. It makes their products more expensive. So if the dollar has been trending stronger, that has hurt their earnings typically. And there's not a whole lot they can do about that. I mean, they can do some hedging if they want, but it's difficult to do. And a lot of companies don't do massive hedging of the dollar or other currencies. So it's kind of they're at the whim of the markets. Also, even with some disappointing corporate results, fourth quarter earnings are expected to show growth of 6.8%, which actually would mark the biggest increase in two years and the second straight quarter of growth, according to Thomson Reuters data. So again, we're seeing stronger fourth quarter earnings, which could be showing growth as much as 6.8%. That's a big number. 
And we had an all-time high for the Dow. The Dow hit 20,000 for the first time, which is pretty exciting considering it took 18 years to double. Now, if you listen to my podcast about Dow 20,000, you know that there's a cycle of every four years it going up about 5,000 points. But to get to double, it took 18 years. And we can calculate using the rule of 72, we can calculate what the rate of return has been. So the uh, any number that is divided by how many years it took to double will equal 72. So if it took 18 years to double, 18 into 72 is four. So we have been averaging a 4% average annual return in the Dow Jones for the last 18 years. A little bit meager compared to what I expected, but it is what it is. And we did have the major bubble uh, 18 years ago, right around 2000, 1999 to 2000. So that was a major, major bubble. So in that regard, it's kind of not surprising. Okay, well, is most of the good news baked into 2017 already? Or do we have some good things out there that we're looking for? Well, we have consumer spending already up 0.5% in December. That's the largest jump in three months. So that's really good because consumer spending is, it really makes up two thirds of the economy. So that's great that the consumer is strong and consumer spending is up, confidence is up. That's really good. We also have had pending home sales up 1.9%. And we're just hitting a 17-year shortage of housing, which tells me that we probably have seen the peak of a bubble here when you get to that bad of a shortage of housing. You get that few of listings. That usually is marking near a top or having already seen a top. So even though pending home sales went up, uh, we have seen a slower trend of people buying just because there isn't as much inventory. So that Trump growth rate of 5%, I think it's going to take a while. I don't think it's going to happen right away, even in spite of the jobs that he's been able to save and to bring into the U.S. I think he's done a tremendous job bringing jobs back, but it's going to take more than that. And remember, the Federal Reserve is in charge of the monetary policy, not President Trump. The Federal Reserve just raised rates 25 basis points or a quarter of 1% in December, and they've said they want to raise them three times in 2017. Will that happen? I don't know. They said the same thing in 2016 and only raised them once, but that was an election year, and we have that behind us now. So it's quite possible that the Fed may indeed raise rates to try to get them more into a normal range since they are still way below normal. We also see some inflation kind of flaring up, and that's something that the Fed likes to raise interest rates to fight inflation. So if we have gotten and turned the corner away from deflation, then maybe inflation is going to be our concern going forward. And in that case, there's more of a likelihood that the Fed would raise interest rates this year. In my opinion, we also have some major things on the horizon that we've been tracking for a while, especially in my VIP experience group. We have the European Union possible breakup this year. We also have a potential European bank failure uh, in Italy or Germany and potentially a lot of cash flowing from those European markets 
into the U.S. As we've seen money flow out of China and Russia into our housing markets to get out of their currencies, to get away from their governments, and to feel like they're in a safer place. So we may see an increased trend of more cash flowing in here as Europe picks up some problems this year, and we start to see cash from Europe flowing into the U.S. So I'm expecting a lot of money to be coming into the U.S. stock market. Cycles are showing some extreme volatility this year, and since this is the second longest bull market in history, I wouldn't be surprised to see the economy weaken even to the point of recession and the stock market have a meaningful pullback. In fact, I think we could even be in the midst of one right now, although I'm expecting this not to be the big one, the big one uh, possibly later in the year. But we will see an increase in volatility because we've been nearly flat in volatility for a very long time, which is highly unusual. So rather than try to short the market or anticipate this drop and try to use inverse ETFs, I'm not really a big fan of trying to do that. I just suggest that you get your shopping list ready to buy the dips and buy when there is real fear. Buy when people are really terrified or when all the news is negative or when your friends tell you they're ready to sell their whole portfolio and cash in because they're so scared. You can also look to corporate bonds as a place for income, but stay away from bond funds. There's still a difficult thing to invest in and uh, you can tend to do better if you can own some individual bonds and wade through any interest rate hikes. It will take time for President Trump to turn the economy into a faster growth GDP. I think he can get there, absolutely, but I just don't think it's going to happen quickly. In the meantime, there's going to be some wild swings as the dollar, the euro, the European Union, Deutsche Bank, some banks in Europe all have amazing volatility this year, and we see things get a little bit crazy as well as some swings in the dollar and some other currencies. So best thing to do, keep some cash on the sidelines, get ready for some buying opportunities, get your shopping list out and see what it is that you'd like to own, those companies you've been wanting to put in your portfolio, those ETFs you've been wanting to add, or those mutual fund managers who you've been admiring and you wouldn't mind owning some of their fund. Those are the things to get out and possibly look to buy on the dips. Have you been to my website and gotten your 11 quick financial tips to boost your wealth? Go on over and get your free report. It's 11 quick things you can do to get your wealth building on track. It's at lindapjones.com. That's all for today. Until next time, live the good life and be wealthy and smart. Thank you for listening to Be Wealthy and Smart with Linda P. Jones. Share the wealth and tell your family and friends about the show. Check out our website, blog, and social media for more riches at www.bewealthyandsmart.com.